Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Peter Childs, author of the book, The Choice. This is not an ordinary book, and these are not ordinary times. If we are to avoid what the UN has called a global catastrophe, we need to awaken to the truth about where we stand, why, and what to do about it. Peter, welcome to the Books on Air podcast. Well, thank you, Sloan. It's great to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you as well. So let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, The Choice. Well... Uh, mm, yes, that is not another 20-minute task. Um, I have ancestors on the Mayflower. You won't find anyone more American than me. I had an ancestor hung as a witch in Salem. I had another hung on Boston Common for preaching Quakerism. But my all-time favorite is Roger Williams, who started Rhode Island. And he believed he was kicked out of Massachusetts Bay Colony because he said, you got a stone cold thing going here. You are not separating church and state. You're mm-hmm. burning a hole in someone's tongue. If they don't tell the religious party line, I'll have none of it. Well, uh, to shorten the story, they kicked him out. And it, we, in a blizzard that might have killed him, except that he it had been cool with the Indians. They took him in. He went off and started his own colony in a place he called Providence which became Mm. Rhode Island. And Roger Williams believed, as I do, you're talking to him now, um, the the United States, this new nation that was beginning with these unimaginable resources, which of course we'd stolen, but he knew all of that. He related to the Indians as best as possible under the circumstances. And, uh, but he believed that this nation should really set an example for the human race as to what we're really here for. Mm -hmm. A truly spiritual example about what life is about. And with these tremendous resources, the wonders we could have accomplished. Well, I'll stop that one right there. And you can take it where you (laughs) go. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's a lot. It sounds like um, you're, you're, you came from a, a, a line of family that was very passionate about what they believed in, and you, you carried that into today. And so let's, let's get to how that relates to your book, The Choice. Tell us a little bit about it and what got you interested in the topic of climate change. Well, um, boy, sure, not just climate change. Well, I remember being born slow. Now, that sounds weird, but Google it. I'm not alone. And it wasn't a specific memory, you know, like like a specific thing with specific people and incidents. It was a feeling. Mm-hmm. I was appalled. I was appalled. I thought, my God, what have I gotten into here? <laughs> Things are wrong here. Mm-hmm. And I knew instinctively nothing should ever be wrong. That's what the word means. Right. And so, and here we got wrong, not just now and then and here and there, but all the time, everywhere. Now, of course, we don't only have wrong or we couldn't survive, but the good stuff, and and, and we'll get into that because that's the whole name of the game, but that's not the problem. The problem is we only ever had one problem. Do we have any? We aren't supposed to have problems. Yeah, yeah. And this is what the whole Bible story tells us. But the Bible is the history of the whole deal. Once mm-hmm. you scrape the stuff off the top and get down to the gold. And um, it's the whole story of the fall of man, the Garden of Eden, the prodigal son that left home and, by the way, goes back 
because our destiny is to go back to a state of perfect life that was symbolized by the Garden of Eden. There are no words to describe how wonderful what is really going to happen is. But we're going through a bad patch now because we, we disobeyed the instructions that we were given. The instructions we were given when we were put into space and time. See, God wanted things to happen. You got to have space for thingness. You got to have time for happening. Well, how do you mm-hmm. do? Here we are in space and time. And things are happening. <laughs> but we were put in here with one instruction. Do whatever you like. Even if you think you're just lumps of primordial mud, you can drive a car on the moon. (laughs) You have no idea how wonderful you are. But there's one rule, just one, and it's absolutely inviolable, 100%. Everything you do must be good. Mm -hmm. If you do anything, no matter how small, I believe they use the terms a jot and a tittle in there somewhere. And I don't know how big a jot or a tittle is, but it's real (laughs) small. And if you do anything that is not good, right, according to God's will, all words for the same thing, you prick the balloon of perfect life that was symbolized by the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And you then are living with wrong as well as right, which means you have pain now. Thank God, because God built in pain as the no sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't turn away from pain. You turn toward it because it's going to tell you what its cause is. You fix whatever is wrong. No more pain. Well, let's not mess around here. Let's fix it all and have no more pain because that's our destiny. And that's what we were told. And that really is what this book is about. So you see, yeah, climate change, <laughs> that's just part of it. One element of it. Yeah. So this this perfect life and this, um, you know, there's so many things that that come to mind with what you've talked about with pain and, um, doing good. Right. And, and, and the definition of that, right. Might change for some people and it might, um, um, you know, people might look at that differently, but what I what always, what fascinates me about this is this, um, this internal system that we have that directs us, but how often we ignore that internal system, right? How we, we, we ignore it or we pretend it's not there, or we look outside of ourselves for answers, or we look to someone else to give us the answers, right? All along ignoring that perfect system in us that is leading us. If we'll only listen, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, amen. Absolutely. I mean, we do ignore things. We, we each live in our own individual, the bubble of our individual perceptions. Right. And we don't see what's outside it. Like what the UN has been trying to tell us for a long time about what's really coming down mm-hmm. on climate change. And we just, we, someone asked Greta Thunberg not long ago, what she thought of the idea that it's, what's coming is so huge. The people are mostly aware of it now. How could they not be? But they turn aside because it's too big and too scary. She said, no, I don't believe that at all. She said in her travels now, she's, she said, I don't believe very many people have a clue as to what's going on outside their personal bubble. If they did, climate change would have been front page headline all day, every day for about 50 years. And instead... Yeah. And you, and you bring up a, you know, the, the, it's like, there's this bombardment of things that are not good, right. That we get all day, every day. And we, it it becomes um, hard to keep up with. It becomes very draining energetically. It becomes all of these things, right? So how, how do you suggest people, the listeners handle that to get back to that, that perfect 
that state, that state of living um, in a way that is that we're meant to as um, good. H- how do we deal with that when there's so much that bombards us that is not good? Yeah, it's such an onslaught. Mm-hmm. And it's how on earth, a good question. How do you deal with it? Yeah. Well, first off, we don't get back to the perfect. If we're going to get back to this Garden of Eden, that was way back. Right. We got a ways to go now. We're yeah. not going to just flip the switch and get back to that. So right. the question is, how do we most efficiently move in that direction now? Yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and a very important part of that is finding a way to deal emotionally with this onslaught of yes. bad stuff <laughs> yes. and and it is an onslaught and every way throw a stone in any direction now climate change is just one thing it's absolutely biblical and the biblical tells the whole story and it predicts it it says if you don't wake up and fly they said we did it once before with the flood and it's fascinating that all over the world there are legends of the flood and they all boil down to the what we're doing now they mm-hmm. say look you develop so much power that you weren't using for good, and that has consequences. And it doesn't take an Einstein to see that if you keep developing, doing bad things with increasing power, sooner or later something hits the van in a very mm-hmm. big way. Yeah. That's what's happening now. Yeah. And so it's I, uh, the way that I cope with it. Well, I'm I'm in a very fortunate position, I think, because I think I see what was really what we're really headed for. Mm-hmm. And this is the whole point of the book. What we're really headed for is beyond wonderful, but we've got this problem. We've got to work out first. It's up to us. Our destiny is certain, but we have to claim it. We have to see what it is. We have to say, wait a minute. And if we turn, what we need to do now is turn our compass towards good and right. And there's a huge and important question there, Sloan, that I can't give you a solid answer for. And it's at the root of everything. How do you tell the truth? How do you see whether Biden or Trump actually won the election? What is the reality? Because we create these false realities that are just as real to us as the real one is to the people that see that. Yes. Now, how do you work that one out? How do you see truth? And the, the best answer I can give, I, I go into all of this in the book, of course, but the most important thing is to want to know the truth. Yeah. To genuinely want to know the truth. Then doors open that couldn't have opened when we were turned away from them instead of toward them. And this is a vitally important point because look, we're so close to the cliff now, three years left. My God, man, what? You know, there are no words to exaggerate. Right, right, right. Well, well, how do you, if we're 10 feet, well, three feet now from the cliff with our pedals still barely off the metal in high gear. Well, by any normal standard, we're going over. But I don't go by normal standards. I think somebody <laughs> always wins the lottery. And for that person, the odds were 100%. And that's where I want to be positioned. Yeah, so how yeah. do we position ourselves there? Well, you want to know the truth. And then doors open that couldn't have opened. And it's going to take miracles to keep us from going over this cliff. A miracle isn't something that couldn't happen. It's something that did happen that we didn't understand till later. So forget about that's impossible. If we turn towards truth, Things will happen that would not have happened otherwise. And I say, and the whole book is my statement that we can still get out of this. Yeah. We can still turn toward away from this toward what? Oh man, if we do it right. <laughs> Just... 
Well, and I, you know, and as you were talking, and I think I love that that statement of wanting to know the truth, right? Turning towards the truth, because that's something I've struggled with even myself. Is, um, but what I found when I got really clear about what do I really want to know the truth about. When I really get clear about that and actually want to know, then the, then the answers find me, right? It's not so elusive out here and I'm not confusing myself with all these different things going on. Um, but you mentioned about power and using power in the wrong way. And it also reminded me of our own personal power that we sometimes forget about as well, right? And when we think about um, this topic, this, this big topic of um, having of what is going on in our, in, in the world and what, what can we do about it? I'll just sum it up as that. Cause there's, there's so many elements and pieces to this, but we forget, I think our, our personal power that we have in this, um, that we do, we do have the ability to, as you were saying, change things, miracles happen, right? There, there's different ways that things can happen, but we have to remember. And I think personally, we have to stand in our personal power. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, a vital point because the sky does come all the way down to the ground and we are here on the ground and we have very practical and real questions. What on earth can we do? Well, lots of people are working on wonderful things, but um, the best thing I can think of in that sense is to just realize what our real goal is because look a lot of wonderful people are working on good things Mm -hmm. but from this point of view i in no way wish to disparage any of these good things i wish to encourage them all but what they boil down to from this particular point of view is band-aids on sores that are on the body public and in our own psyche yeah band-aids and if we don't we don't even know about the disease, which is wrongness, the acceptance of wrongness. And you tell me any problem, any problem, any time in history, now, in the future, anything you can imagine. If it's a problem, what defines it as a problem? Something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the problem is wrongness. And any given problem is just an example of the real problem, mm, the disease yes. that causes all the other sores. Yes. And we don't see that. So all these good people are putting these good band-aids on these awful sores. And I mean on the body public and within our own psyches. Mm-hmm. But the disease, if we don't recognize it and deal with it, will continue and there will be more sores. And right now, three feet from the cliff, we can't stand an increase in the sores. Right. So, but so, you know, who knows how this is going to work out? The, the thing that keeps me from freaking out about it all is what I think I know about where we're really headed. Yeah. And so if we people can just somehow see this, this is what I'm trying so hard to do with a book and my other two books before that, they're all self-published. So nobody knows they exist because they've had no publicity and I'm not in a position to do that publicity. So, hey, go. <laughs> well, and that's what we're doing today, right? That's why we're having the conversation. So people know about it and, and can get out so. there and, and get the books. Yeah. Um, and so as, I, as I'm listening to you talk in, in this um, this perspective of, how we've grown up in an, in a world of wrongness, not understanding most of us. I don't think, I mean, until, you know, I heard you put it this way, um, that being the root cause, let's say of a lot of the pains, you know, all of these different things. All of it. All and of then, it. and then, as you mentioned, we have people doing great things, but are essentially putting the bandaid over the true problem. And, 
how, how would, how do people, and I think as individual, and that's why I brought up the personal power thing, because it can seem very daunting. It can seem very overwhelming to quote, fix the world, right? Because we can't fix the world. What we can do is start with ourselves. We start with ourselves. We can fix that because we have that span of control of ourselves. So what would you say for the listeners? What are a couple of things that people could do to start to move in this direction of, um, taking their personal power back and, and, and moving away from what's so conditioned in, in wrongness and moving towards, towards the good. What, what is some advice you would offer the listeners? Well, one of the things that, that I think is very important is, you know, Gulliver's travels. Mm-hmm. Remember the story? Well, the Lilliputians, when they got together, tied Gulliver up. Now, in the case, he was a good guy. But, but you see, if, if we all were to get together, in, in ways that we are now so separated. Yeah. But if we were to get together, we could deal with the big problems. We could deal with the, those of us who are behaving badly. I don't say bad guys because every one of us is a child of God. We just misled. The, the mystics have well said for time out of mind, the only sin is ignorance. Mm-hmm. And sin doesn't mean, oh, yucky you, God will punish you. God doesn't punish anyone ever. God is love. Right. The punishment is the pain that comes from wrongdoing and the pain. Oh, you said something earlier that I wanted to to talk briefly about. People feel pain differently, you were saying in different ways, and that's certainly true. But that's the the real important point is that pain is God's no sign. Whatever way you're feeling it, something's wrong. And the pain is the signal of wrongness mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. It, it, it feels bad because it is bad. Right. It's just that simple. And no matter what variety of pain it may be, something's wrong. Right. And, and it's problem, to be paid attention to and not ignored. Right. Which is often what happens. Yeah, that's that's it, Sloan. Don't turn away from the pain. Pay attention to the pain because it's trying to tell you that something's wrong and it'll show you what's wrong if you right. allow it to do right. so. So that's vitally important. Don't turn away from the pain. Well, now so much is so wrong that how can you avoid being just blown out by the pain? Right. Good question, man. Uh, For me, as I said, it's because I think I know what's really happening here. And the the ultimate outcome is certain. And I prove it in the book, by the way. (laughs) Now, you have to accept certain premises in order Mm -hmm. to see that I proved it. But basically what it boils down to is that that um, God is perfect. God's plan is perfect. It was perfect until we blew it by disobeying the basic instruction. And um, but the plan is still perfect. Mm -hmm. And if in order if we we blow it here, we can mess with that plan. We can go against that plan in the reality that we perceive ourselves to exist in. But for us, for that, that's temporary. This is so important. It, the whole thing, like the, the problem is temporary. If it was not, that would mean that we would thwart God's plan, not just mess with it, thwart it. Mm-hmm. Now, for any creature to thwart God's plan, it would have to have more power than God. And God is all power. Therefore, by the simple law of conservation of energy, our destiny is absolutely certain. God's plan cannot be thwarted. We can mess with it, but sooner or later, we'll get this thing solved and we'll go, the prodigal son will go home. We'll be, Joni Mitchell, I quote her in the head, front of the book, we're stardust, we are golden, and we've got to get ourselves back to the garden and we will 
And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, I love it. And I love your your passion and enthusiasm about it too, because this is, it is, it's very, um, very deep, very, it can be heavy if you allow it to be heavy, but I think we're offering a perspective today that's showing the other side of that, where it doesn't have to be doom and gloom, right? There is other alternatives. There is, and, and I think, again, I want to hit that home, what, what you had talked about um, when you mentioned power and having the personal power that we all have to be able to, um, you know, find our truth, find the truth when we, when we're, um, when we're ready for it, right. We, we can ask to be shown the truth and we will be shown the truth, you know, and, and the, this, this, um, personal power and the, the ability to remember that, um, that to me personally, how it makes me feel is moving in that direction of good. It moves away from that wrongness of feeling like, you know, I can't do anything or, you know, all the negative things that you might tell yourself and the hopelessness and everything, it moves you away. It starts to move that dial. And it sounds like that's a lot of what individually we can do for ourselves is start to move the dial in the direction of goodness, rather than staying in that wrongness that maybe we're so accustomed to. Oh, that's well said, Sloan. Um, I, I think I would just say to people, really try to seek the truth because the real truth is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's been all distorted and covered up because of the problem. But we are here to work that problem through. So want to work that problem through. Want to see the truth. Yes. And mm-hmm. just watch what happens. Yes. Oh, I'm, yes. I had a wonderful uncle. I tell a story in the book um, who who always said when he was a mystic, it was a good one. And he always said, just remember, Peter, it's all, it's a power that always wanted to work with you. Yeah. And yes. so when we turn toward truth, truth is God, it's life. They're just all words for the same thing. When we turn toward it, instead of away from it, we open ourselves up to things that always wanted to work with us. Yeah. So, want to know the truth and watch what happens. And I really love that because um, I think most of people listening can, can recognize or have experienced um, feeling like the world is a, the world universe, God, whatever you want to say is working against you. And there's a lot of um, feeling like you're swimming upstream when that happens. And it's when we let go and we, we let go in the letting go. Like I, I had an experience recently where I was trying to push something and it wasn't going the way I wanted. And I actually had a feeling of letting go where I felt that letting go, like in my bones, like I could feel it. And instantly when that happened, complete energetic change within myself. And I watched day after day after day that the situation that I was, um, struggling with before started unfolding in ways that I never could have planned or tried to force or coerce, you know, it was a completely different experience. There's an ancient mystical saying that's been around a long, long time, let go and let God. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're describing. And in the book, I tell a story, boy, did I have an experience in that part. I had to deal with a madman. (laughs) I didn't want him. And I climbed up the stairs of my apartment. And by the time I got to the doorman, I had nothing left. I had nothing. So I made a deal kind of like what you're describing, but yeah. under extreme duress. Yes. And um, and I just made a deal with God. I said, God, I have nothing left. I have nothing that I can see in myself to deal with this situation. I don't want to do it, but I will hurl my body through that door and the rest is up to you. Yeah. And 
just you relate to this after what you just told me. I hurled my body through the door and my roommate was there and she said, oh, thank God you're here. And here was this madman holding three neighbors in thrall, man. It was a very heavy scene. Oh and I gosh. suddenly found myself saying exactly the right words. And the guy just melted because I hit him with love. I didn't mm-hmm. plan this. Mm-hmm. What I was actually doing was what the words I said happened to be hitting him with love and he had no defense against that nobody has any defense against it i was no expert i it just happened but see just what you just described yeah turn in that direction things happen you of my remember what jesus said of myself i can do nothing the father within doeth the work we're talking mechanics here yeah spiritual mechanics yeah and that letting go allows for that flow that energetic flow Yes. Through you. I, I guess that's, that's how I describe it. happen when you're all uptight and exactly. scared and clinging. Right. And stuff scared. and, you know, yeah, yeah. totally agree. And, but totally that's agree. hard. That's hard, man. Fear is real and it can kill you. Fear is powerful. It can stop your heart. Yeah. And so, but, but practice, practice. Let's go, man. Boy, let's get with it's a good time to get started on this stuff. Yeah. Well, and, you know, kind of like we talked about at the beginning when there's this, I feel like, and, and again, I can only speak from my experience, but there's when in the letting go in the, there's a decision, a decision that happens when you've, when you've lived in fear or in um, wrongness, or you've lived in a state of constant feeling like you're on edge or on guard. And there becomes, at least this is how it was for me. There was, there, there came a point where I, I couldn't do it anymore. I, I could not live that way. If this is what it requires me to live on earth and to be in this state 24, so I can no longer do it. And there was in, in that decision, when I decided I was no longer going to do that, I was going to decide to believe, decide to trust, decide to do things differently. And sometimes it took me, you know, I had to keep reminding myself. Sometimes I would only like the fear was so strong. I could only let myself go for, you know, five minutes at a time because the fear was. Let me interrupt you just for a sec there, because you really touched on something. When you made that decision, to decide, you use a wonderful term, decided to believe. Mm-hmm. Well, when, when you made that decision, that did not mean that you weren't ready to change whatever your opinions or visions or th- things were. That's not what it meant when you decide, because see, so often we decide to believe things that we then cling to and defend against yeah. reality. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. not what you were doing. It's a final no. point. You're right. You're exactly right. And, and what it, for me, the decision was, that was the letting go of the, of that control and that feeling like, yep. because I couldn't, I could not do it any longer. And I had had enough of that. And I decided I wanted something different for myself. I, I, I loved myself enough to do something different. And um, well, any, I could, we could talk for hours about oh, that, well, but that, that decision is important. Put. That's beautifully put. And you know, that takes me back to the thing that always kind of troubled me that you hear every now and then you have to be broken before you can be free. Yeah. No way in a minute, man, because I don't believe that theoretically right here, right now we could become perfect. So don't tell me you have to be broken, right. but as a matter of practical reality, so often it seems we have to bang up against the wall until we bust our head enough. So we do what you did and give up. So that is, that, that is part of the reality, but I must insist that it doesn't, 
it's it's it, 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 God doesn't insist that you suffer. It's right. us that makes ourselves yes. suffer. Yes. And when you suffer enough, look at the world. Yeah. Look, yeah. If you were a Martian, look at those people, look at those humans now and what they're suffering, what they're going through. Wouldn't you think they would do what you just described by now? I mean, I, you know, when I look at people in my own lives, life and I'm like, why? And I even had this conversation with my friends. Why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you continuing to do? But, you know, when you're in it, we can't see it as easily. But there, there is, is a, there does come that point where um, you, you get to choose. And, and maybe that's for somebody today listening. You get to choose. You get to do something different today. It doesn't have to be the same, um, you know, living in the fear and the anxiety and that, that most of us know so well. I mean, we all have a choice. And I hope this conversation today has inspired the listeners to start thinking differently, to get your book and to start realizing, you know, we can do things differently and we don't have to continue on the path that we're on. Yeah. And uh, again, I have to emphasize, this is not about me. Mm -hmm. I don't care about money. I had signed enough autographs as a musician, so I'll only do one for you if you'll do one for me now, because <laughs> I don't like being put on a pedestal. But so this, this is about getting the truth out yeah. there. And of yeah. course, this, this is just Peter Charles's opinion. But I think it happens to be true. Well, that, of course, is up to each of us for ourselves. And back we go to what we've been saying all along here. How does each of us do this. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think the various things we've been discussing provide a pretty good template. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, well, my guest this week has been Peter Childs, author of the book, The Choice. And Peter, uh, we could talk for hours about this. Obviously, we were really on a roll there. But I want to thank you for joining us this week. And before we close out, what do you want the readers to take away after reading your book? Hope and intent. Mm -hmm. Hope because it looks so hopeless now. It is not. Yeah. And intent to do the right thing. Yeah. Which is the only way out. Yeah. And and if we all do it, we, we're not going over the cliff. I still say we can yeah. escape it. Even if we do, you know, if we need another planet, we'll get it. We got this one. You know, <laughs> but, but as a dear friend once said, that wouldn't be poetic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, this has been an amazing interview, Peter. Thank you again for joining us. I really, really loved this conversation. Well, thank you so much, Sloan, for, for being so open to it and, and participating to make it hopefully so clear. <laughs> yes. You can find more about the book, The Choice, on Amazon, and I'll link to the book in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>